church family. Welcome to the 10 o'clock service. We might just have to do this every week. Just do a 10 o'clock and a nine, an 8.30, a 10, and an 11. Then we'll run it back, do it at 1, 2, and 3. And you guys are all invited every single Sunday. We'll just spend all Sunday here. I just think that's the way to do it. You'll get the overtime pay. That's right. It's, it's Chick-fil-A nuggets. But you have to go there and get them on a Sunday, so good luck with that. All right. Uh, but no, good morning. Welcome. You guys know the deal. When you guys are here, you are it is great to be spending this holiday season with the church family. I just It's been an awesome church season, or a Christmas season. I hope you guys have been blessed. We have been blessed to, to, to bring all the messages and all the songs and all of the carols, because we did 472 of them. You can look it up. We did. Uh, it was a great time. I hope you guys had an amazing time. Uh, but we're not quite done with the Christmas season yet, because there are still a lot of Christmas cards in those boxes back there. So you need to go out there and look through the box and see if you've got a church uh, or a Christmas card from your church family and take it home. If you don't, I will take them home and I will cross out your name and put my name on it and think that I got 400 Christmas cards and I'll be excited. But make sure you check the Christmas box out there, grab your Christmas card for your family, uh, because we got to move on to the next season. And the next season is the January season. And that's when things are going to kick off back again on Wednesday nights and other fun things coming. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. But right now, we're going to continue in this moment and continue our worship service. So as I pray over this service, uh, just pray with me. Father God, we just thank you for what you're doing in the, the life of this church. I just thank you for this church family, that we could come together and worship you and and, and just give everything we have over to you. And I pray that you continue to pour your presence out over this place and that we can move forward in your favor. Lord, we love you and pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
God, we just thank you for what you have done for us and that you sent your son and that you let him dwell among us, live among us, teach us, and show us what it means to be true sons and daughters of God and to follow you. And I just thank you for the hope and the peace and the joy that we have that you've given us, not just today, not just this season, but for all seasons, God. And I just pray that we never lose sight of what it took to bring us to this place, that it wasn't just Jesus being born and living with us, but also dying on the cross. And that we just give everything we have over to you and just ready to love and receive you. God, we pray for these things in your beautiful son's name. Amen. Good morning, church family. Good merry day after Christmas. We'll come up with a phrase for that. But glad that you're here. Uh, we are finishing up. Today is the last Sunday of December. Uh, our sermon series, Through the Christmas Carols. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast for me, and it's been great to see uh, God continuing to share with us scripture and his word through the songs that we sing, through the, the scripture that we have, you know, obviously preach from and teach from, uh, but to understand the true depth of Christmas and what all of that means. Today is joy to the world, uh, as we've heard this morning, and the words for joy to the world were written by Isaac Watts, uh, who was widely regarded as one of the finest hymn writers in history, uh, writing over 700 hymns. Uh, and there are some, some ones that you probably know besides joy to the world. There's Alas and Did My Savior Bleed, O God, Our Help of in Ages Past, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, uh, one of my favorite hymns that we sing, and especially for Easter. Uh, but Watts often wrote paraphrases of the Psalms for his hymns, and Joy to, to the World was inspired by his study of Psalm 98. Turn there, by the way, because we'll get to there in a second. Um, but Joy to the World was first published in 1719, but with a different melody than the one that we know. Uh, over a hundred years later, in 1836, the composer Lowell Mason would combine several themes from Handel's Messiah to create this new melody, the one that we sing uh, today. And as Mason looked uh, for the right words and found Isaac Watts' hymn, To Joy to the World, that match is, is the complete song of what we have this morning, uh, or what we have today, Joy to the World. Uh, and what a fitting into the series of this celebration of Christ uh, who came in the flesh, fully God and fully man, to, to be among us, joy to the world. Uh, and so that was the intent of Isaac Watts' uh, paraphrase of Psalm 98. And then turn with me and let's read Psalm 98. We're going to look at verses 4 through 9. And we're going to see and talk this morning about this joy, uh, about joy and happiness, what the differences are, uh, joy in our King, joy in our worship, and joy to the world. So read with me Psalm 98, verses 4, and we'll go through 9. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, and with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, and the world and those who dwell in it. 
Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. So as we take a look at joy to the world, we take a look at Psalm 98. Um, let's talk about joy. Okay, Christmas is supposed to be the best time of the year, right? Um, it is supposed to, you know, we share Merry Christmas. It is, we tell people to have yourself a Merry Christmas. I hope you've been doing that. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it's a wonderful life. How many of you guys have watched that all the way through this year? Not bits and pieces. I always commit, and then I end up with more things I've got to get done to prepare. Uh, so I never watch all the way through. But Christmas is supposed to be the happiest time of year. Um, Christmas is associated with happiness and with joy, with family. Um, but it truly only happens one time a year, doesn't it? Um, and that's where happiness is different than joy. Uh, the true joy that we get from Christmas and the reason we celebrate Christmas, who is Christ, um, then our joy is complete and we have that joy all year. But when we put all of our happiness in Christmas and the songs and the lights and all the celebrations, then when it's over, you're like, well, now I've got to enter the January season. Um, but happiness is different than joy. Happiness doesn't last. Um, and I know that in a very distraught, I mean, it tore my heart up. I, I don't know how to describe this. Um, but my very first, like, favorite Christmas present that I, that I think about in the past, many, many years ago, but my favorite Christmas present I don't have anymore with me. Um, I wish I did, and, and it just, it has, it has destroyed my heart, um, because I realized that this item was a, brought me a lot of happiness, but it's not with me anymore. That item, by the way, was an Atari 2600, okay? This is way back when, young ones, when you have all these high-tech video games on this little device that you can talk to with people also. But the Atari 2600, Google Pong, okay? And then you'll see, they weren't even balls, like they were square, you know, eight, if it, was it even eight gig, whatever? You know, these, these images were just squares and you'd have these paddles that you'd move up and down to block the ball from your opponent. Um, breakthrough was awesome because there was a, a, a set of bricks above the, the moving or the, the moving, um, what would you call that thing? The slider, the paddle, to, to, and you'd have to, anyway. It was a great device, and it was Christmas morning. I'd, I would have to go look at what year it was. But Christmas was okay. You know, Santa came through, the presents from family and all that we had opened, and it was, it was a decent year, okay? Could have been better in my mind. Um, but, but it was okay, you know, when it was over, it's always a bummer when the last presents open anyway, even from friends and family. Uh, don't get me started about my box of presents I get from my Aunt Charlotte. That's for a whole other time. But we were pretty much done, and it was myself and the three boys. I might have been older elementary school, maybe junior high. And Dad's like, oh, wait, what is this? <laughs> right? And he had this box behind the tree. 
Uh, and, and he told all three of us to open it at once, which was never a great idea, by the way. But we opened it, and there was this Atari 2600. Okay, I got to now play video games in my house. I didn't have to go to an arcade. I got to play in my house, and that started this long, some call it an addiction. It's not even close. <laughs> um, but, but it was a great thing. But do you know what I don't have today? Is that Atari 2600? I don't have my Evil Knievel stunt cycle anymore. I think that thing only lasted a couple of weeks. Okay, we get amazing gifts for Christmas, but they don't last because they are just items. And that's the difference between happiness and joy is that happiness comes from things that are just um, temporary, okay? Where is the happiest place on earth? Disney, right? Could you imagine living there? Now, some could for a while, but it would get pretty boring after a while. And it's, it's not fun to take little ones to Disneyland for, can you imagine, day after day after day? So it's that, the happiness kind of wears down even at Disneyland, I'm sorry. Um, but happiness comes from the word hap, which is chance or fortune. Um, and so happiness deals with things that just are in our life for, for a short time. Uh, there, it is not a deep joy. Uh, deep joy comes from, and we're going to take a look at this, only from, truly from God, and truly from what we get from him. Um, and so it doesn't matter on the circumstances, on the, on the outside. Um, in fact, happiness is external, and joy is internal. Happiness is based on chance, and joy is based on choice. And happiness is based on circumstances, where joy is based on God and what we have, because joy does not come from the outside. Joy, joy comes from, from within, where Christ resides, uh, the Holy Spirit empowering us, and that is where the true joy comes from. So we have joy and happiness in that difference, and this joy comes from God. Uh, this joy in the, the, the reference in Psalm 98, and in joy to the world, is in the King. True joy only comes from God. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. What does it say? Let earth receive her king. Um, and we've seen this over the, the past few weeks. This is a, the great joy. Um, in Luke 2, this is a joy that the angels uh, give to the shepherds, but is the same message to us today. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So rejoice, the king has come, and with this baby Jesus, fullness of joy was born for all who believe. And we see throughout the Christmas story what, how joy affects this presence of Christ, this presence of God uh, coming as a baby. We have Mary in Luke chapter 1, uh, and she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. You have the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, uh, that the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Uh, so they got to hear the message from the angels. They got to go and see Jesus. And in that experience was rejoicing, glorifying and praising God. And then the wise men in Matthew 2 says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They hadn't even gotten to Jesus yet. 
And here is joy, exceeding great joy, uh, beyond comprehension. Uh, so this is a joy that Christ brings. Going back to Psalm 98, it says, Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Uh, and if you look at these, the, the first set of verses are from 4 through 6 in Psalm 98. What does it say? Here the whole earth is instructed to shout for joy to the Lord. Every voice is summoned. The whole orchestra is enlisted to sing God's praises. The stringed instruments join the song in verse 5. The wind instruments join the song in verse 6. Harps and voices and trumpets and horns rise together in jubilant song as the whole earth rejoices in God as king. And yes, we sound trumpets um, for earthly kings and how much more for Jesus Christ, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is king over all the earth. Let us rejoice in him. So here is our joy in our king. Here is the praise and worship and adoration that he deserves. Um, and this king loves us at such a depth that we can't even understand the wonders of his love. Uh, here is the king that not only came to reign, to, to, to be here for us to have access to God through his life, um, allowing us to, to worship him, but here is King Jesus who came to be born, to live among us, and then to die. Uh, to die a sacrificial death that he didn't deserve, but he took what we deserved onto him, our sins. Uh, died for our sins on the cross, and then rose again to conquer sin and death. And even in that, even in that sacrifice, in that, that difficult time in the life of Jesus, it was with joy. It was with joy through the most horrific event. In Hebrews, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame. That is the depth of this joy that we're talking about, the joy that can only come from God, uh, because that is what Christ even took to the cross. Um, and in that is this love and this grace and this mercy. And at this level of joy that he had is available to us. Uh, Peter, in 1 Peter, in chapter 4, says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. It is in the glory of Jesus that we experience joy. And it's grace. And Christmas is not, is not the, the easiest time. It's supposed to be the happiest time, full of joy. It's difficult. Um, there are loved ones in my family that are struggling through this time. Um, and, and one of them said to me just yesterday, I'm glad this is all over because Christmas is so difficult. Um, but through that, it's not about the circumstances and the music and the decorations of Christmas. It is in the deep joy and love that we have from God that we have this joy through Christmas, through every day of the year, through the rest of our life. Um, that is the level of joy that, that Christ had that we have available to us. And now a king has a kingdom that they rule over. They have ultimate authority over all that happens in that kingdom. Here's this King Jesus that loves us. But if you imagine a king, he's got a kingdom right? 
And what does the carol say? And I wanted to kind of do a little jump over for a second. In Joy to the World, it says, let every heart prepare him room. Um, if, king, if Jesus is king of all and Lord of all, is he king of our life? Is he king of our thoughts and our emotions and the choices that we make? Is there room for Jesus in our life? Uh, have we prepared him room? Does he have ultimate authority? Um, and I don't know, and maybe I'm talking more to the kids right now, but how many of you had to kind of move things around in your house to prepare for family to come into town? Maybe a few of you, okay? When someone comes in, you, you prepare the house, you make sure that there's a place for them uh, to sleep, to stay. How much greater is this picture of Christ coming in to our life? Uh, if you don't know him as Savior and Lord, if you've not asked him to come to be Lord of your life, it is to come and to, uh, to invite him into your life. Jesus spoke these words in Revelation, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And so here's this picture of Christ in our life. Uh, and have we, has every heart prepared him room? And maybe you've, you've done that. You know that Jesus lives in your life, in your heart. Um, but have you given him lordship and kingship over every part of our life? Uh, there, there are times, I know when we have got people coming over, there's a lot of stuff goes in the closet, uh, goes tucked away, hidden out. But how, how much have we allowed Jesus to rule over our life, uh, to be the boss of our life, to, to have this kingship in our life. Um, and we tend to live our life with this box of, of Jesus stuff, right? Get to church, make sure you're, you're reading your, your Bible and, and doing all the right things as a Christian. But then over here, you know, life's a little bit separate at work, uh, with friends, whatever. And sometimes we separate that. But Christ Jesus, as Lord of our life, as King, wants to have authority over all of that. And have we truly opened our heart to him in worship and in, our, in this time? So we have this joy in our King. We have this, the difference of joy versus happiness. And then there's joy in our worship. Uh, going back to Psalm 98, it says that our joy should be directed to the Lord. Uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. It says, break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Um, to break forth into joyous song or to burst into. Here's, it, it, there should be so much joy in our life of who Christ is um, that it, we can no longer contain it. Um, it is not forced joy, but rather is joy that is so full that it kind of forces our way out of us. Okay, if you love the movie Elf, you know when, when Buddy sees Santa for that time, he just kind of goes a little bonkers, doesn't he? Because that joy is like coming out of him. Um, and now I don't expect us to come into worship and to be like Buddy the Elf, but there should be this picture of joy that just overflows in our heart for uh, God, for Jesus uh, for the glory that we get to experience and to be a part of and to give back to him should overflow and overjoy in our life. 
How is our worship when we come to church? The curious story, and I encourage you to look at the history of Isaac Watts, part of his story is that he wanted to fix the drudgery, and that's the word that I found, drudgery of what the songs in his church sounded like. Um, he grew up in the church, and, and back then the worship songs would be kind of trying to put melodies to the written psalms, and some of them were just, it just sounded like, you know, a funeral march. And Isaac was like, wait a second, if there's joy to the Lord in Psalm 98, we need to kind of turn this around. And he had this mission uh, to, to, re, to write these hymns that were more of worship, more of this joy uh, that wasn't so uh, just come and, it, and you, you were depressed coming into church. It shouldn't be that way. And by the way, I'm not saying that you have to show up, pull into the parking lot with this big smile on and, you know, the happy-go-lucky buddy the elf. No. Remember, joy isn't necessarily about the outs outward circumstances. It's a joy deep in our heart. It's a joy that comes from just the confidence and experience and relationship that we have with God. Uh, that is the joy that, that uh, the psalmist is talking about and there are times for this exuberance, uh, for this celebration, for this joy that comes from our, our life. Uh, and by the way, we aren't the only ones in worship. Look at Psalm 98. Uh, look at this carol, Joy to the World. What does it say as the chorus for the first verse? And heaven and nature sing. Um, in Psalm 98, verses 7 and 8, it says, Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it, let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together. Um, the verse in Joy to the World, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. So we have creation. Um, we have creation, God's creation, who is also worshiping. And we have this great picture and story of Jesus. Um, it is the triumphal entry and this is in Luke 19. Jesus is entering into Jerusalem the week before he's killed. He's on the back of this donkey. Um, and the people are praising him and saying, King who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees in, in the crowd were, were not liking this. And were frustrated by this scene that they were worshiping directly to Jesus instead of worshiping God. So they turn to him and say, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And the Pharisees knew that they were powerless, powerless to stop this excitement from the people. And what does Jesus reply to them? I tell you, if they keep quiet, if they're not allowed to worship, the stones will cry out. Um, and so here's even creation uh, that will sing and praise the glories of God. And by the way, we better not let them out worship God, right? Throughout scripture, we see similar passages uh, that present this picture in Psalm 114. says the mountains leap. In Isaiah 55, it says, You will go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And all throughout Psalm 148, there are numerous examples of the things created by God giving praise to the Creator, the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, water, sky, animals, people, everyone, and everything was created for the pleasure and glory of God. 
Uh, and so we have this picture that this great joy cannot even be contained by human response. All of creation itself breaks out in great joy. So with all of this, we have joy to the world. We have a world in the darkness that doesn't know Jesus, that needs this joy, that needs Christ. Um, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Um, and we start again with this picture of when Christ is to be born, this picture of the shepherds hearing from the angels the first time, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And what do we do with this good news? What do you usually do with good news? You share it, right? If something great and amazing happens in your life, you think through your top tier people in your life to make a phone call, text, go see them about great news. And here is the greatest news of all time. And here are the shepherds, and they wanted to see Jesus, and they ran to see him. But what did they do after, after seeing Jesus? And let me read these two verses, or three verses. It says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been, born, that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So they came to see Jesus, and then they went right away. Now, by the way, I'm curious of the amount of worship and joy that happened between 16 and 17. Because it says they found Mary and Joseph, and then they went after they saw that all of this and made known the saying. I wonder what that length of time was. I can't wait to ask them one day what that was like. And from that, they went out, and people heard it, were wondering what the shepherds had told them. There's, an, there's a great privilege that we have to share this good news with those in our world who don't know Jesus. And it's a dark world, and it is a world of chaos. It's a world of sin that needs to be overcome by the good news of Christ, the King being born. And we have that privilege, and we have the honor to be able to share the good news of Christ. Um, joy to the world. And we need to do so with urgency. Um, we need to do so with urgency. And let me read verses 8 and 9 of Psalm 98. It says, Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is talking about the second coming of Jesus. We have this amazing hope and joy now in the coming of Christ in this Christmas season. But it is so much a bigger picture than that. It is also the coming. Uh, when Jesus comes a second time, that is when he's going to come to judge. And let me break this to you. Joy to the world wasn't supposed to be a Christmas carol. It wasn't necessarily written uh, for the Christmas season in mind. Uh, based off of Psalm 98, and if you even look back through some of the words through joy to the world, it's also about the second coming of Christ. Uh, let no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thin nor thorns infest the ground. Now we still deal with sin, don't we? And we still deal with sorrow. But there will be one day when there will be no more sin and no more sorrow. And that is when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes back. Joy to the world is calling the world to rejoice and find great joy today because of what has happened 
and the celebration of, of Christ being born. Jesus has come to save the world and bring salvation, but also to rejoice and find great joy in the certainty of the glorious return of Jesus Christ in the future. It will be a time when his glory is revealed in its fullness, a time when every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is why we celebrate with great joy. Um, this picture of this great joy of, of Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us to come, uh, this glorious celebration of Christmas, which we don't have to just do in December or the beginning of November like some of you, but it's all year. It is we have the gift of the child, God, fully God, fully man, our Savior, uh, our Messiah to come, to come to not only save us from our sins, dying on the cross and rising again, but the glorious hope and, and future that we have, knowing that he's going to come to make and complete all of uh, the fulfillment of his promises uh, the, the, in, for him to come back in full glory, for, for this world to be made complete, including creation, as creation even groans and longs for the coming of the Messiah. This is a great joy. This is a joy that saturates every area of our life. Thank you, Jesus, for this great joy. Father, I thank you for this time this morning that you've allowed us to just think through what it means to be in this relationship with you, this, what it means to come and worship you, what it means to, to live for you, Father, that you have given us life and life eternal. Uh, you have saved us from our sins. Uh, Father, we continue to glorify you in all that we do, all in this amazing joy that you have provided. Father, thank you for this time of worship, and may our hearts be pierced with your love and your truth uh, that we continue on this journey of faith that you've allowed us to be, that continue with our time on earth to glorify you in, glorify you in all things and to share the love of Jesus with everyone around us. In his name we pray, amen.
Father, we thank Thee so much for the wonderful worship services we've had this season, both here and at home, and praise Your name for it. But now, Father, a new year is about to dawn, and during that year, Father, we would ask that You would allow us to love You more, to know You better, to worship You with spirit and truth, and also, Father, that we would learn to love each other more so that the world might see this, see you, and ask about you so that we might tell them what a wonderful Savior we have. And Father, we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.